I'm now joined from Singapore by Hugh Young, manager of our Far East Funds. Hugh, thank you very much for joining us. Hugh, I know you're a familiar face to many clients of St James's Place. However, perhaps you could remind investors of the approach that you and your colleagues adopt in terms of selecting companies within your portfolio. We're traditional long-term investors in individual companies, uh, which entails a considerable amount of work analysing those companies before we commit our funds and your funds to those companies. And frequently we hold those companies for very, very long periods. So many of the companies in today's portfolio were in the portfolio uh, on day one. What we tend to do is balance companies within the portfolio and ride through cycles. We don't try and time markets. Uh, That's not our skill. Our skill we see as being very much in identifying long-term winners at the individual company level. And I know that your fund is eligible to invest in the whole of the Asia-Pacific region, including Japan, but Japan's obviously delivered very disappointing investment returns for, for many years now. Why do you think that investors should continue to have confidence in that market? As a region as a whole, the Asia-Pacific region, which includes developed countries such as Japan, as well as fast-growing countries such as India and China, really does offer a huge scope of opportunities, a huge scope of different economies and and a huge scope of different companies. So you can buy some very well-established leaders in places like Japan, as well as some of the newer companies in some of the newer countries. So for us, it, it offers great opportunity to have a quite a nice mix and match of up-and-coming companies and established companies. And importantly, one mustn't forget that the region as a whole is still the most dynamic growth region in the world. However sorry the world is looking at the moment, and, and of course the world is not an easy place at the moment, but within that context, Asia is still the fastest-growing region within the world. And in particular in in Japan, Hugh, do do you think do you still see attractive investment opportunities there? Japan has been in the doldrums now for over twenty years as an overall economy. Within that economy, however, there are some fantastic investment opportunities, and uh, and of course there are some potential pitfalls in Japan as well. But when you're looking at the the broad market as a whole, we can find some world beating companies such as the Canons of this world or the Fanooks of this world, that really do offer something special that is not available elsewhere within the region. And given how depressed the market has been for so long, you can also invest in these companies at uh, fairly attractive valuations. So so for us, it really, I mean, it really is a stock picker's market. And Japan is um, a, a really useful addition to a nation portfolio. It gives it great balance uh, with the quality of companies that Japan has to offer. But balance is interesting because obviously at the other end of the scale in many investors' minds are the markets and the fast expanding markets in China and India. Could you just possibly remind investors what your current views are on on those particular Mm. countries? On the countries, we're optimistic really about both countries as countries. I I think, however, that one has to exercise a huge degree of caution here that however optimistic or or vice versa negative 
one is on a country's economy does not mean that you move in lockstep with the stock market. So you can have a a great economy, as China has been for 10 or more years, but not necessarily find great investments. And, And that's precisely how we view China. Yes, it has been and continues to be tremendous growth. Uh, Yes, it's slowing down to, say, 7% growth or so today from a level of 10% growth. But we have not found great companies within China. So we've steered fairly clear of the Chinese stock market, far preferring to invest in companies elsewhere within the region that can benefit from China's growth. So that can be Australian resource stocks, or indeed long-established companies based in Hong Kong. India is slightly different. Again, it, it is a fast-growth economy, but at a slower pace than China. And there's been some disturbing signs at a macro level in India, uh, primarily political dissent, political indecision, which has caused India to be a slower growth story than China. But when you look at the companies within India... Uh, we find some of the best quality companies from anywhere within the region. And that can vary from the Indian subsidiary of a Unilever or or a Glaxo, in in which we invest, to some of the homegrown Indian companies that have made a great success in the financial sphere, such as HDFC, or in some of the IT sectors, the service sector in IT, such as Infosys and Tata. And finally, and briefly, if I may, I know that you, like me, think that the short term is impossible to predict. But what do you think investors should expect um, from Asian Pacific markets over over the next couple of years? Yes, it's fair to say the the short term is impossible to predict. It's always been impossible to predict. And with what's going on in financial markets today and the activity of major central banks, particularly in the West, printing money in one form or another, it makes it even more difficult to predict short term. And what we do and and do analyse quite very closely is the, the outlook for companies, because ultimately we think that stock markets will be driven by the earnings growth and dividend growth of the companies in which we invest. And looking short term for the next 12 to 18 months, we're not expecting huge growth in terms of earnings uh, from our companies. Typically and historically, those companies have grown their earnings at some 10 to 15 percent or so steadily over cycles. It's now far slower than that. So we're talking about single digit earnings growth for companies, which means we, all things being equal, we would expect Uh, shorter-term returns to be relatively subdued. But so saying, the valuation of stock markets today in this part of the world is at the lower end of historic ranges. So the good thing is that you're not paying a high price for these markets. And importantly, when you look at the individual companies in aggregate, you're looking at extremely strong businesses, very strong balance sheets, which really is one of the themes that underline our portfolio. We believe that a good company should be based on solid foundations, and those solid foundations are a strong balance sheet. 
And, and the good news is that virtually all our companies can boast strong balance sheets. And as I say, earnings are rising, but at a slower pace than they have historically, which I think is quite understandable, given what's going on. And the focus and quality of company management has improved tremendously uh, and continues to improve tremendously year on year, which makes us quite relaxed and, and very positive over the longer term. But as you say, the short term with what's going on in the world is very hard for anyone to predict uh, with certainty. But we're quite comfortable as of today that we should enjoy some very strong long-term returns, as, as indeed we have historically. Hugh, that's a really optimistic note to end on. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.